0: Welcome to the Journal of Nutrition podcast. Today we are speaking with Dr. Hilary Seligman, Assistant Professor of Medicine at UC San Francisco, about the study Food Insecurity is Associated with Chronic Disease Among Low-Income NHANES Participants, which was published in the February 2010 issue of JN. Hilary, can you tell us what uh, food insecurity is? Sure. Uh, The easiest way to think about food insecurity
1: is being at risk of not having enough money to eat or being at risk of going hungry. This means that the definition of food insecurity is broader than just not having enough money to eat and encompasses. Many behavioral strategies that people use in order to avoid that physical sensation of hunger. So, for example, if you are reducing the amount of food you eat or skipping meals, you're obviously food insecure. But also, if you are shifting your dietary intake towards foods that are cheaper because you're worried about running out of money for food, you're food insecure. Or if you are not eating one meal of the day and still not feeling hungry but reducing your caloric um, intake because of that, then you're also considered food insecure. So this broad range of, of changes in the foods you eat, changes in the way that you eat, they're all considered food insecurity.
0: And your study looked at NHANES participants. Can you talk about how you use NHANES for your research? Sure. So NHANES is a population-based sample
1: of all Americans, which means that it takes a random sample um, of all Americans so that you can extrapolate the data that you get to um, not only the people who participated in the study, but the rest of the people living in America. We were particularly interested in a certain group of Americans and that was a group of Americans who were relatively poor because food insecurity obviously is not uh, a significant problem among the wealthy. And we were also interested in non-elderly um, adults. That is, uh, we talked, we looked at the data only for adults between the ages of 18 and 65. And we were interested in those adults for a couple of reasons. First of all, there are many other things going on in the elderly that might predispose the elderly to cardiovascular risk factors Uh, and also the the, um, elderly have a much um, better access to healthcare in general uh, than the non-elderly when you're talking about a very low-income population. So we were particularly interested in what happened to food and what happened to low-income adults between the ages of 18 and 65 years old.
0: Let's uh, talk about the results of your study. What what would you say are the main takeaways from your study? So the main findings um, that we
1: found in this study were that low-income adults who are food insecure were substantially more likely to have high blood pressure and diabetes than low-income adults who are not food insecure. And the um, numbers to be specific were that your risk of high blood pressure was about 20% higher if you were food insecure than if you were not food insecure. And your risk of having diabetes was about 50% higher if you were food insecure than if you were not food insecure. And in fact, the relationship with diabetes was. A- was a little bit complicated because it was hard to find this relationship if you were mildly food insecure. But at that most severe level of food insecurity, your risk of having diabetes uh, was, was more than
0: twice as high if you were food insecure compared to those who weren't food insecure. Can you tell us then what your study suggests um, can be done about reducing hypertension and diabetes in these groups? I think this study really sheds light on what are the
1: downstream implications of not having enough money, uh, not having enough money To eat healthy foods. We talk a lot in our society about um, convincing people uh, to eat healthy foods and changing dietary intake. But we forget that healthy foods cost a lot more money than unhealthy foods. For example, with a dollar in the United States, you could buy about twelve hundred calories worth of potato chips or twelve hundred calories worth of cookies, or you could buy about two hundred and fifty calories worth of carrots. And so the The dilemma in a low income person's mind who's food insecure is if I only have three or four dollars to eat today, which is about the average value of a food stamps benefit, am I going to get 600 or 700 calories worth of fruits and vegetables or am I going to get two or 3,000 calories worth of junk food. And for a person who's food insecure, the, um, the choice is very clear. You can avoid feeling hungry um, if you can um, target your diet just to those very high-calorie but very nutritionally poor foods. And so in some sense, um, being low-income forces people to make unhealthy dietary choices and what this article illustrates is that those unhealthy dietary choices or the way in which people food insecure people are forced to eat has profound impacts on their risk of cardiovascular disease and these are diseases that cause a huge amount of um, morbidity and mortality in the United States and to address these we really have to start thinking about our ability to provide affordable healthy foods to low-income populations. The result of this may be, if we can show this in studies, uh, that we are able to prevent some of the disparities in cardiovascular disease um, by assisting people to to um, be able to access healthy foods. It is clear in the United States uh, and throughout the developing world that poverty is associated with obesity in, um, in environments where there is a very plentiful very cheap source of calories and usually those calories are these highly refined foods, candy bars, soft drinks, um, cookies, things like that. Um, So there has been a lot of study on food insecurity and obesity and many although not all of those studies have shown associations between food insecurity and obesity particularly in women and children. Uh, and the reasons for that um, are are numerous. One of them is this shift towards poor diets. The second reason why is because of this binge fast. Cycle that food insecure people tend to um, tend to go through where when food is available they're able to eat and a lot of times people overeat if they're going if they're anticipating that they're not going to have enough to eat in a few weeks and that's probably hardwired into our system that our bodies want us to accumulate fat during during times of, of plenty so that we'll have enough um, fat to survive the times when we don't have enough so these binge fast cycles may also encourage people to overeat eat during food plenty, there's also the really profound role that stress probably plays in this and and the um, worry and stress that people have over not having enough to eat may change their hormones in such a way that it encourages them to put on weight, particularly that kind of weight that is hormonally active and really predisposes people to diabetes and other problems with um, cholesterol. So um, there is a lot of research showing potential associations between food insecurity and obesity. All of our results we controlled for obesity, meaning that obesity was not explaining the relationships that we observed in our study and something else was going on. So certainly all of those explanations for why obesity may be associated with food insecurity could also explain why hypertension and diabetes are associated with food insecurity. So for example, if you are worried about not having enough food to eat, you're more likely to eat um, cheaper fruits and vegetables such as those that are canned. And canned fruits and vegetables have a lot of salt in them. And for a large segment of the population – salt will raise your blood pressure and so you can imagine how these shifts in dietary intake that have been shown before to predispose people to obesity may also predispose people to hypertension and diabetes.